Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Seated beside me is Matt Harmon. And just off to the side is producer Brett and we are back for our first of two shows this week last week we premiered our two shows per week which we will continue to do throughout football season but no guests I know now it's just back to me and you just us you know what else is the same the Antonio Brown talk we talked about this last week with Brad Evans and the drama has continued now it went from it it is a head-to-toe conversation right or I should say, toe to head, actually. We, we've, we've got to make the whole rounds here with Antonio Brown's body. Right. His feet looked shaved. Like, just <laughs> shaved. Like, giant swaths of skin Brutal. hanging from it. And now, he <laughs> wants to play with his unsafe helmet. Mm-hmm. Which... Obviously, the NFLPA, like the players union, yeah, is sort of yeah. like, no, 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 no. We're really in favor of stricter, yeah. stricter um, rules and helmets that could prevent concussions. I do have, I've had this thought though, and I'm sure this has been done on Twitter because it's not that new, but I haven't seen it. So don't at me with like, so-and-so tweeted this three days ago. But maybe the reason he wants the unsafe helmet is because he's been wearing an unsafe helmet. Yes, because last year the players were allowed to have a grace period where they could still wear their unsafe helmets. And they weren't, quote, unsafe. They were just like, they were the, below they were the, the threshold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he's out there wearing a damn snapback hat. You know, he's out there wearing a, a helmet. But like some Von Dutch hat, like it's the early aughts. Right. So, I mean, he's out there wearing a helmet, but I guess his, his thought is that he can't really see as well out of these new ones, whatever that means, or it obstructs his vision. You know, AB is a known, like, perfectionist when it comes to his work ethic, his, you know, his... See? His training, his like body, his regimen, all that. Except the fact that he roasted his feet. <laughs> so this is this is actually why I wanted to talk about it because right. I am super annoyed. We have to talk about this. Yeah, I'm super annoyed. We have to talk about it because I find it not just because it's a circus and what do you expect and not really important news, but I remember months ago I looked at you, baby Matt, and said. Um, <laughs> I don't think a guy who quit on his team down the stretch, a playoff contending team, is someone I'm going to put in my top 10 wide receivers. Like, I think there's something else going on here. And you said, but Liz, there's nothing in his history that doesn't prove he isn't a hard worker. And I was like, yeah, but man, I don't, I feel like once that, that 
Raiders situation is just bound to be combustible and they're going to start losing games. Yeah. And does a guy like that, especially when the, the drop off in quarterback and the drop off in O-line and all of those things, like, is he someone who can emotionally handle it when he's acted like a child at a much more relevant in terms of wins team right now. And I let myself be seduced by the group think, right? Like I was just like, oh yeah, you know what? It's not relevant. Like this is just, this is, this is just me being in my head about things. When in fact, like there is intuition and there are, our gut feels about someone. And if someone is a narcissistic maniac, then like maybe you should believe them the first time, you know? And I'm thinking about that because we've also talked about different strategies we want to employ and philosophies we want to take into the season. It's why over the past couple of days, I've been like, you know what? I I do like Chris Connolly. Like maybe I'm going to be wrong on this take, but I had this take early on. I backed away from it because I felt like I shouldn't do it. Not because anything anyone said was relevant, but because because it was just not the cool take to have. Same thing with Maurice Harris. Now the Josh Gordon reinstatement like adds a wrinkle into that. So so if there is evidence. Jacoby Myers hype train. Jacoby Myers. I remember texting you in August and watching some Calvin Harmon tape. Oh, and I yeah. texted you and said like Jacoby Myers is a thousand times more interesting to watch. I don't know about August, but. April I meant. Yes, this is August. Okay. Right <laughs> Texting like, you in April, though, we yeah, were talking yeah, about right. Calvin Harmon, you're and I right. was like, this guy's a fucking snooze. Mm-hmm. But Jacoby Myers is lighting it up, but he wasn't the popular choice. He wasn't the discussed choice. And so I backed away from it again. And that is why the Antonio Brown thing is annoying to me because I was like, no, he showed us who he was. And I refuse to believe it because the brand was different. Yeah. And now I sort of feel like, F it, man. It's hard to yada yada this thing as I think it was a little easier back in um, you know whatever month it was March that he was getting traded or February when things were getting heated between him and the Steelers I think it was like a little easier to say hey this is you know, he just needs a change of scenery, whatever. Like, he's a great, he's one of the greatest receivers of all time. And he still is one of the greatest receivers of all time. And, you know, there's still plenty of positives I think you can paint about who he is as a player and even the situation in Oakland to a certain degree. But it, it does, it is beginning to feel a little like, uh, it's just so, com- it's hard to defend. It's so combustible. Right? And it's becoming harder to defend his behavior. Oh, you I mean, can't just behavior is it, right? like impossible to defend. Because here's the thing: like, yeah, maybe he's got some legitimate gripes about how this helmet affects his game, whatever. But other play, it's not just Antonio Brown that's got to do this. Like every other player in the NFL has to adjust to this. And to be fair, he has put out an Instagram post, you know, just of within course. the last few hours. Of course, of course. yes, that's how we do things. Yes, and that he is going to play football this year. You know, he, he's looking forward to rejoining his teammates as soon as his foot situation is in the clear. Sure. So I feel that way like you do about Le'Veon Bell issuing an apology. I, I don't... You don't need it. You don't You don't need to tell me that you're going to play football. You need to show up on the damn field yeah, you just, and play football. Right. I think the the, the talk that like he could retire... I mean, there was a, a little right. bit of a buzz about that on Friday or Saturday. I don't know. Weekend, whatever. But like... There was a little bit of talk that like, oh, he might just straight up retire or not play if he can't play with his helmet. Apparently, he's not going to be that big of a baby about it. So, it's, great. So, uh, so I guess the point that I am making to our general audience is if you have a take on someone and you trust your intuition, I would say that my intuition is generally quite good or I wouldn't be half as good at this job as I think I am. Then believe it. Listen to it. Things can change. But like, I learned this at the Super Bowl when I was interviewing Kirk Cousins, too. And, like, sometimes you just got to 
you got to be ready to be wrong, but I'd rather be wrong and stick to my guns about something than be duped into making a mistake I knew I shouldn't have made. Yep. You know? Pretty fair point. But Tom Brady, he, this is a fun side note, um, is also being forced to change his helmet. And he said, I don't really love the one I'm in, but I don't really have a choice. That sounds like a man who's happily married, by the way. (laughs) That's what I thought when I read it on the outline, too. Um, yeah, he's one of the players. Aaron Rodgers is another one right. that's got to make the change. And I think they even said that uh, or Mike Silver, I think, went on like a 20-tweet thread about this. I saw that. This. Lots of threads. Very smart strategy. I mean, I was like, uh, no, I don't know. I'm not – I'm. I, threads are kind of on my radar. I'll, I've never done them. You told me to do them, and I was like, I know this is too much work. No. It's like – I've been an- completely anti-tweet thread, and then like now I'm like, if you go three, but to how five, do you know? My question is, if you know, if if this is my whole thing, like I don't want to tweet stuff that's not authentic, mm-hmm. and that isn't organically coming out of me, and to like to in order to do a thread, you have to know that you're gonna. You have to plan the damn thing. And, like, how 20, boring is 20, that? A 20-tweet thread one, yeah. But even, like, even if you're like, oh, I'm going to talk about this thing and I'm going to build on it, why don't you just say the shit? And if it comes out, like, in a bunch of different tweets, I don't know, like, link to a blog post if you got a lot to say. That's kind of, that's but always my thought on it is, like, well, just write an article. But. What do I know? Antonio Brown, for what it's worth, I know that you're tearing. Did you move him down out of your tears? I moved him down to my uh, wide receiver 15. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I have him still as wide receiver. I haven't decided if I'm going to have him as as eight is my original slot. And I'm tempted to just keep him at eight and like relax because I think the same situation is going to be applied, you know, to how I thought about it before. I could see myself moving him to 10, but I'm not going to take him out of tier two. Entirely. For the record, he's the Yahoo consensus wide receiver 12. Right. So it, Andy, I, Andy Dalton and I actually, oh, I didn't see this, all have him at 15 and Brad and Scott have him at nine. So you would be the highest on him. I, I just can't see him in the same step. Like my tier three of guys is like T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks. I see him as a jump above those guys. All right. Tom Brady, though, he's the uh, QB 27. I have him at 20. I I don't know why twenty seven's in here, but Brett had Brett has him at QB twenty seven. I just said like, oh, he's confirmed to have a. It was a joke. I meant he uh, was going to be like QB twenty seven for the year, and he was going to have a massive drop off because of, because the, of helmet. the helmet. Because of the helmet. Oh, because well, his vision Ro- is going to be impaired. Rogers is cooked too. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. They're done. I think I can't remember who the other. Players my logic are. is my logic is firm and sound. This is the, the Brett algorithm. Oh uh, yeah. Um, as we all know, we've got one preseason week on the books, right? Yep. Lots if you're a Denver teams. Broncos fan, you got two. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Uh, well, two. Oh, who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> and Drew Locke, by the way, moved, us up, moved himself up to the QB2 on the depth chart there if you're talking about the Denver Broncos. You know what? Original point, never say die. By the way, most recent episode of Rookie Orientation is out on all, all the hot pod markets today featuring Drew Locke. And both Matt Harmon and Liz Loza, but continue. I I did think it was very good. I mean, like I said, offline, I tend to think the episodes I'm in are great. You do bring a nice uh, change of pace from everyone else in there, as I've said before. Being all nice. Well, you know. Wow. Feel feel good Monday. Okay. So with this one week of the preseason in the books, 
A lot of players have showed out and showed up. We got to talk about them. James Washington being the first one even had Des Bryant tweeting. Did you see that? Des Bryant said at James Washington, even tagged him in that. We'll have a breakout year. Just wait on it. That's some high-ish praise. That's some pub. We've been talking about what Pittsburgh is. I mean, we talked about Antonio Brown at the opening of the show. Pittsburgh's obviously in a transformation place. James Washington, for people who didn't know, comp similarly to Ty Montgomery coming out of Oklahoma State. Running back, wide receiver, hybrid. I hate that comp. Well, (laughs) will you agree with the fact that he uh, had some nice downfield ability? That was the nicest thing about his game or one of the most shining pieces. Torrey Smith. Great, that, that fine. Player. Let's just let then yeah. let's talk about the downfield ability because I think it is that piece of it that showed up in the beginning moments of the preseason game against uh, um, who did they play? Tampa Bay. I don't even remember. Yes, against Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> I did watch all of them. Didn't Josh Dobbs forty-five yard bomb to James Washington immediately, and then. He connected, I think he converted three of four more targets for a total of 815 yards. I'm sorry, not 800, over 80 yards um, and a touchdown, an eight-yard touchdown. Those were from Mason Rudolph, his old teammate. College though. teammate, little connection there. So are you at all intrigued by James Washington? Are yes. you Are you standing? Do you need some coffee? So are you okay? going back like to just to Friday before this like Friday morning before these ga- this game even happened I was kind of thinking to myself I-, I was very I was pretty much like damn James Washington really not having a good offseason like Dante Moncrief has earned all the praise like the drumbeat shall I say was especially negative on James Washington and I was like oh man I just don't know how to feel you know just don't know how to feel about him like I think he's a guy that's just not even draftable and then he goes out and has this nice preseason performance and it kind of makes you change your opinion. But I just – because going into this game, there was a report that he was – that some inside the organization had rookie uh, Deontay Johnson. Third that was rounder. the battle. I think that's yeah. the conversation we should have is about like who's in play for the wide receiver three spot. Right. So that's – but that's my thing. It's like if we're sitting here talking about will James Washington be – is he going to win Pittsburgh's number three job? I don't really care what the answer is because I just don't think that that's going to be a very rele- like fantasy relevant position and I probably won't be driving you don't, that play. You don't think if Vance no. McDonald gets hurt like he does well, every yeah, year, Vance McDonald right? gets hurt. But isn't this the time of year that we should dig into the unknown so that we at least have – we're not flying blind in the season? And then, I mean, I guess for our purposes, selfishly, no, because when we do a waiver wire pickups piece vid, yeah. then we'll want everyone to listen. But – Dude, James Washington, you're the best ball guy. This is the guy who could shine, and he's right now available at the 11th in the 11th round between Anthony Miller and Devin Funches. No, I'm I'm taking Anthony Miller ahead of James Washington. I think I'm taking both of those guys ahead of James sure. Washington. Although I, the Colts wide receiver situation is pretty tough to read. I don't know. I mean, I think that if we're, but I think this comes back to that if we're debating between you know him and Deontay Johnson for the number three job that really does solidify Dante Moncrief as a really nice late round pick but I don't know if we're already there at accepting that point or not I've, I've been there and then I I just think that for the purposes of what happened to Silver Linings Harmon <sighs> well you know the purposes of I think for the purposes of James Washington it makes him like fringe draftable super late yeah best ball type guy but for like typical 12 team leagues or whatever I think that you're you're picking pretty he's he's not in a I don't know quite where I'm going to have him tiers wise but it will be after guys like or it will be kind of in the same range of guys like Michael Gallup Josh Doxon that type of range well I take Michael Gallup ahead of 
James Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's going to be like wide receiver 60-something, which is still quite a fall from where he was, you know, when he was battling Moncrief for the second job. James Washington himself said he seems to be in alignment with you. I found this quote and I just wanted to share it. I would say I'm a lot more comfortable than I was last year. That's to be expected. But it's just the first preseason game. I just got to keep building off of this. I can't get too high. I just got to stay steady and keep going. Let us not forget that you actually had a great preseason last last year, That's a very good point, Matt. That's why you're here. (laughs) It's good to be be here for some reason. Let's talk about Spencer Schnell. I know you watched all that Schnell tape. You were grinding it. Nope. This guy is smaller than you. No Adam Humphreys? No no problem. problem. Yeah! (laughs) Ring the Schnell bell! Illinois State's very own. And let me tell you, I did some keg stands in Illinois State back in the day. Keg stand for a woman who's five foot two, by the way. Kind of easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should have seen me try to do some of those keg stands at like 315 and 6'3. Those were rough times. <laughs> it was like, how many does anyone have a crane? I just, I remember like one frat boy just putting his like whole hand, like um, it was like the size of my torso. And he just like held me one, one hand up there. And I was like, oh God, if he was real drunk, I'm going to break my neck. But I drank that beer and I threw up later like a champ. Hell yeah. Anyway, another champ, Spencer Schnell. Schnell. He went off. Schnell. He went off for seven catches and 119 yards in the Bucks preseason opener. Same uh, game that we were talking about a little earlier with James Washington, but all of it came in the final nine minutes and with Ryan Griffin under center. Mm-hmm. So he said that the natural rapport with Griffin made sense because that's who he usually gets passes from in practice. I think it's worth noting for two reasons. Now, is this is this a guy you're going to draft? No, don't don't do that. But Bruce Arians gave the kid a shout out. Very nice. Also, Scott Miller, who Bruce Arians has been very high on, who is the the slot guy like you expect the slot guy to be in this offense, right? Uh, was out and has been with a pulled hamstring. So just too bad because he got some pop earlier in the yes. offseason. And he had gotten all of that buzz and he had been the favorite for the number three job behind Evans and Godwin. I was like, yo, Jameis Winston even, like, not, it wasn't just Arians and and beat reporters, but also Jameis Winston talked him up, which is interesting since Ryan Griffin, you know, is the quarterback that this other guy is, is passing to. So Jameis Winston, little bit of a smoke blower, I will say this. Like, a little, little bit of— A little bit of that Petey Carroll sensibility. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And if you want to like find hype hype on Bucks player, I promise you you'll find a good quote somewhere from Jameis Winston cuz he likes to which hey, what a real what a real nice man. Really will talk up with people around him. And that's a skill. Yeah. So, Schnell, interesting. Scott Miller though is the one to keep an eye on if you're if you're keeping an eye on an under the radar pick than I and especially like in a PPR league there were moments last year like I don't think he's going to get to Adam Hem- Humphrey's level but there were moments last year during once injuries and bye weeks came that Adam Humphreys was like a suitable flex play. So, yeah. again, bank it. Just bank it. We're not saying you should draft him. We're not saying you should no. put him in tiers or rankings or any of those things. We're just saying, well, I'm just saying, Matt's well, saying, fa- Matt, fa- Matt's well, saying this is a nihilistic exercise and we probably shouldn't do it. The fa- but- <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> the fact that the fact that we're talking about goofballs like Schnell and, and Scott Miller like that also leads back to the point of why people should be really excited about the expensive players in this Bucks offense, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, because we're talking about these dregs as like the number three receiver. Give me a break. Like I think most of the balls are going to go three places in this offense. And that's it. Indeed. 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 Did you hear a noise that sounded like 
Brad Evans howling. Brad Evans' pants that? ripping off of himself. Yes, yeah. I heard that. Did you that. hear that? Did you hear it because it was um, in reaction to Royce Freeman? Oh, yes. And one 50-yard run in which he was incredibly well blocked and his stiff arm looked more like a swat. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it happened. For, I don't know. For Brad's sake, that's all that matters oh, that it happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so less than two weeks ago, Yahoo's own Charles Robinson reported that Denver was really feeling good about Royce Freeman and, the, and that the coaching staff was hoping to finally establish a split between Freeman and Lindsay. And then this did, to Matt's point, happen. He ripped off a 40-yard run. A 40-yard run. One. A 40-yard one. 40-yard one. <laughs> um, which was incredibly well blocked. Mm-hmm. And then there was, like, nobody around him. Did you watch it? He got it? chased it like, down by, like, some <laughs> four-string safety. safety. He got chased too. down by safety, Tedrick Thompson, who, like, wrapped him up. And he went to stiff arm him, but then was like, no. <laughs> like, swatted him. And I was like, this is, everyone's going bananas because they're watching the numbers. They're not watching the play. That said, I'm still higher on Freeman, but not because of this. I've been higher on Freeman for a million other reasons. But what he did in the preseason to me was not all that interesting. We also haven't even discussed yet the theoretic has came and left the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, he's still with the Broncos. Fractured his, Fractured his shoulder, shoulder out six, six to eight, eight weeks, weeks, something like that. Yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like Booker might, you know, still make the team, but God, let's hope he doesn't, like, steal a bunch of pass down work. It's worth noting, while I think there's definitely going to be a timeshare here, that Flacco played 11 snaps on Thursday. I think Lindsey was on the field for seven. Royce came in for four. And they split the goal line, like the, the work inside the 10-yard line as well, too. So this is a backfield split. It is a situation where Freeman's clearly going to be involved. Lindsey might just be out just a little bit ahead for the time being. So let's give it some context. I think that this this run that we'll get a million retweets, right? Um, I mean, it's no Amir Abdullah against the Jets or whatever <laughs> it was, but, you know. That was Brad... Brad's other favorite. Oh, well. I remember being in like a hotel room for a work thing and Brad being at the bar and hearing him. I was watching the game because I, I, I sometimes just want to be left alone and cannot handle all the men's. And so I went up to go be alone Reasonable. by myself and I heard him yelling from the, which tells you of like how good of a room they give me, I guess. Um. <laughs> right by the bar, paper thin walls. <laughs> but I think that this is going to help Freeman's draft stock and his Stock is going to continue to inflate his ADP, which is currently he's the RB38 going in the middle of the eighth round of 12-team exercises. That's around the same place as Jordan Howard and Kareem Hunt, which seems bananas low to me. Especially, yeah. also, if you're looking at wide receivers in that place, I mean, you you have been hitting, and rightly so, the like after from rounds five to eight, good luck finding anything. It's all trash. I'm imagining in that same spot you're probably drafting Curtis Samuel, who's going around the same spot place depends on how much i screw myself with running back picks earlier so okay if i'm but if i'm forced into running backs in that area freeman's been a guy that i've been okay with because i think the the two things that you want out of that range you want to ask yourself possible well, range of outcomes well this it, it this i was going to try to avoid saying possible range of outcomes Say it all the time. hashtag it <laughs> tattoo it on your body uh, right here yeah That's outcomes. right there so yeah. you can just Flash it. it to the camera. But don't do it backwards. I would definitely do it backwards. Like, if I got a tattoo and it was worse, I should probably have I'd definitely, a, like... should probably have a responsible adult there with me to uh, to, to help. No, responsible adults don't get tattoos, Matt. Fair enough. I think that if you look at Royce Freeman, he has, one, like, a path to actual weekly usability because this is going to be a timeshare, as, as we say. And also, if Lindsay gets hurt, which is 
you know, possibility. He's slightly Not if built. they don't ride him as hard. It's it makes the it makes the likelihood of that less, but at the same time could still happen. And even just because everybody gets hurt, and if he gets hurt, then Royce his possible range of outcomes up at the up at the peak part of mm-hmm. it is very juicy. Philip Lindsay is the RB24, according to ADP, is going at the end of the fourth round. So these come down a little bit. He's my RB27 and the Yahoo Consensus RB26, about the same place. For reference, Freeman is my RB33 and the Yahoo Consensus 32, and yet they are four rounds apart in draft. I would say yeah, reach for the value. Yeah, I mean, I think that the um, the take here is just maybe don't draft Philip Lindsay, even if you don't want to draft Royce Freeman. I've been avoiding him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think there's only one draft that I drafted him. It was just because it's like, oh man, I'm gonna run because he fell to like the fifth round, and I'm like, okay, this is reasonable. It's that gross range of running backs is about to start. Let me just go ahead and take this guy. We feel okay about. How do you feel about? Dexter Williams, before you answer, let me tell you that he had the second most rushing attempts during the first week of the preseason, which makes sense, yeah. right? Just behind some somebody named Nick Brosette. Brosette. <laughs> some corporeal human <laughs> being. A, a possible human entity. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Uh, 14 attempts, 62 yards, one catch for 18 yards. Boom. You have an interesting situation here, though, right, with Aaron Jones, not maybe the most durable guy, Jamal Williams, not maybe the most athletic guy. Not, not really most good at the game type <laughs> guy. of guy. Yeah. And new coaching staff too. Right. One who has I don't know. I was gonna say one who has flip-flopped on his view of running back usage, but I will say that maybe he's doesn't have a type. Maybe he's just a like whatever whatever band-aid I can use now is is what I'm gonna use. Yeah. Um, I think that when you look at the Green Bay running back situation, it's like, look, I agree with your I agree with your take about Aaron Jones. You seem pretty bought in that he might not stay healthy. And he's given us plenty to re- a reason. He's already just, been hurt over the summer. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he's given us plenty of reason and not just injury reason too. remember that he did miss time for suspensions, et cetera, for, for other things beyond injury. So he's given us plenty of reason to think like, hey, he might miss games now. So sure, like we care about, we should care about the Green Bay running back situation. I don't have like a hot, fiery take on Dexter Dexter Williams specifically. I think you can spin. You don't have feelings about um, running backs that come out of Notre Dame. I mean, I'm still like maybe in in some alternate timeline, CJ process will really happen. You know, that's kind of my thing that I'm I'm wish casting right now. You know, exper- Ooh, I love the word wish casting. Exper- that's a good one. Experimenting with you know the thought of the other dimensions and other realities and things like that. I'd really like to think that there's another reality out there where CJ process stayed healthy and became a dynamic player in the C- the Seahawks offense. That's about the only feelings I have for Notre Dame running backs. Okay. <laughs> I was like, let me take this and see this. As, I'm going to try to make this as weird as possible. Now, with Dexter Williams, I think that you can spin this two ways. Is it really great that he – I think you could spin it that it's really great that he got all this work in the first week of the preseason. You could also say maybe it's not great. Sign, You know, whatever. But I think if he makes the team, I promise you I'll give a shit about Dexter Williams. He's going to make the team. Then there we go. Then I give a shit. Okay. And as for Jamal Williams, I really hope we I really just hope we don't have a situation where if Aaron Jones gets hurt, then we have to watch Jamal Williams out there but plot see, that, around. That's I think what people's take is, is that maybe Dexter Williams is getting the extended look because the feeling is especially given the new coaching staff, he 
could surpass Jamal Williams on the depth chart. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. And so that's why we're paying attention to him. We're not, he's definitely going to make the team. The question is, is he the backup to the week 10 ha- handcuff to Aaron Jones? Is there a situation in the possible range, range of, of outcomes, outcomes where he nailed it, buddy? Nails Jamal Williams right but off the team. He doesn't do that, probably. Well, you know. I mean, but he nails <laughs> Jamal Williams right off the team, you know? So, I mean, is there a situation? Pushes where- him off the team. One way or another. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Matt came in with some some special dragon energy today. Um, which oh well, good. This this is makes perfect sense. because you can use all of that dragon energy to talk about your boy Hollywood Higgins, especially oh. now that Antonio Callaway is suspended for the first month. Higgins probably the wide receiver three showing up well in the preseason. Bring it, Harmon. I'm giving you the stage. Well, Never Liz, relent. You talked about first impressions earlier in the podcast. I did. Right? Well, I mean, Antonio Callaway, you'd say the first impression that you get about him is that he's not reliable because uh, he was not a reliable person off the field in college, which is why he felt so sure. late in the draft. He had a skirmish last year with the marijuana issue that ended up, I think, either charges weren't filed or whatever. They were dropped. Well, and he also didn't tell his coaching staff, which was the... Yeah. He didn't own it. Yeah. You saw it on Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. And even though it was with clown show Hugh Jackson, it's still a thing that happened. And also, by the way, wasn't really a reliable player last year. Was definitely a guy who made big plays and things like that. But he also made a lot of mistakes. And I think that, frankly, that's who he was in college, too. So that first impression in his rookie year. And that's not to say that Antonio Callaway will not be a useful player in the NFL. Because I think he he Mm -hmm. adds a nice big play element. Like the fact that we're talking about him as their third or fourth receiver now is nice as opposed to like, hey, in his rookie year, the Browns might have to rely on him. Anyways, point being, I think that first impression has held up in the NFL. Yes. My first impression of Rashard Higgins, obviously, was he was a really, really good, sound, technical player. Yes. And he hasn't been that way really throughout his career. But since Baker Mayfield took over, and I think there's a point here to like, look, is it a shock that a, uh, like a route runner, a timing precision player didn't work out with like a Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback? Not to mention that also, by the way, Deshaun Kaiser just kind of sucks. Like, yeah, that that of course that's not going to work out. But Baker Mayfield's like the perfect type of quarterback to unlock Rashard Higgins as a player, and that's really what started to happen. Talk about drumbeat late last year, and it's really been building this offseason where Higgins has run ahead of Callaway. Bagging on Notre three. Dame today, by the way, Kaiser, precise. Sorry, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, maybe if Miles Boykin works out, then I'll I'll let it go. But I don't know. After after Equinemius St. Brown, we're like, what am I supposed to do? He's you know? hurt, too. Of course he's hurt. Well, that's because he doesn't stretch. I know. We talked about that, him needing some yoga in his life. Maybe um, freaking stretch. So what would be the possible range of outcomes for Rashad Higgins, assuming he retains the wide receiver three job? Probably nothing that exciting, like on a season-long basis, because, you know, he's— not going to get a ton of volume, right? Like, I, I'm going to have him in my tiers, you know, around guys. Do, 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 let me look right now. You know, around guys like Adam Humphreys, Paris Campbell, James Washington, probably around the same range as those players. And that means he's on the fringe draftable radar. As I talked about, he's definitely a best, a late-round best ball option because there are going to be weeks where he pops because we expect this Browns offense to be very good. And he's another guy that, like, same with – um, who, we, who the hell were we just talking about before? Dexter Williams? No. Some Spencer other, Schnell? Some other goofball. Oh, uh, that, you know, with Royce Freeman, like, all right, the take is I'm just not going to draft 
Philip Lindsay. Lindsay right. I think the take with Rashad Higgins is I'm just not going to draft Jarvis Landry at any point during any fantasy draft this year. I probably will not be drafting Jarvis Landry because I think the ancillary players like Higgins and Callaway when he gets back and David Njoku, these guys are all going to be involved and snipping targets away from Landry. I think the only alpha is Beckham and that is that. And or Nick and or Nick Chubb. Oh yeah, well Nick Chubb. I mean, we didn't talk about the Duke Johnson trade yet, but like, let's do it now. I, I had it, I was throwing it into the outline right now to cue you up. Go for it. Sick. Well, look at that mind meld. Oh, there you go. Uh, Duke Johnson traded to the Texans for what's going to be a third round pick, barring like an unforeseen circumstances. Which, oh by the way, Texans, what are you doing? Like trading a conditional fourth on the <laughs> con- on the condition that he is active for ten games. What? Like, they, you better f-ing hope he's active for but this is why 10 you, games. The GM and the head coach can't be the same person. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> this, this is, is why, like, like, you need some accountability. There need to be, like, the the um, the um checks and balances. Yes, like, a little separation of church and state here. Because if you think, like, Bill O'Brien came in and was like, you know what, we really need to pass him <laughs> down back. I think we should trade everything we can to Duke Johnson here. And then you'd hope a GM would be like, um... Uh, actually, Bill, uh, I, I want to use these draft picks. And like, right. also, by the way, we have really clearly defined roster holes. Um, we have big contract decisions coming up. We're really just trying to not <laughs> like throw a third round pick on the condition he's going to be active for 10 games. Like if you're trading for him, you're hoping he's an impact player. Why would the condition be that he only has to be active for 10 damn games? If he's, at, if he's not active for 10 games, you really boned yourself and you give up a fourth round pick for nothing. So you're essentially trading a third round pick for a guy that you definitely need, right? Like you definitely need a player like this. So for fantasy, I think this is good news for Duke Johnson. And it's kind of bad news for players like Kiki Cutie in the offense, That's Lamar it. Miller. Kiki Cutie also, by the way, already hurt. I don't know. I have a lot more thoughts on this trade this this morning after like I just, you know, this weekend I just I'm, I'm out doing other stuff. Like I looked at it in past. I'm like, I don't care about the Duke Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And now that I've gotten more into the details, it's a little bit troublesome. So I like that. Didn't you, ex- I didn't expect to say all that right now. I don't know where. Well, that that's came like from. the most alive you've been. So thanks for showing up. We're like halfway through. <laughs> oh, um, you know, save your best for the end. We're not done. La- oh, so I, not? I did want to talk about it in relation to Lamar Miller um, because. Last year, Lamar Miller sneakily, I think under the radar, his yards per carry stats, his efficiency improved. And that was the knock against him the year before. But he had gotten so much work in the passing game the year before that we were like willing to forgive it, right? Like, oh, well, that's where the points have come from. But then last year, I think with the emergence of Fuller and Cutie, and I don't know if they want to say emergence, but the hints of their potential blossoming took a lot of that receiving work away from Lamar Miller. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, Admittedly, yes, this team does need a complimentary back who can catch out of the backfield to Lamar Miller. But I don't know if it's going to affect Miller's receiving stats that drastically if we're looking from last year's numbers. I, Especially yeah. if Cutie can't stay on the field. And we know that eventually for what, like probably Fuller will miss four to seven. Yeah, which sucks because like I was doing my tears today and I guarantee you I'm going to have Fuller higher than like almost anybody else. Because like projections wise, he's a great player to project. He, he scores a touchdown every damn time he's on the field yeah. like and yeah. without fail. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got Will Fuller like wide receiver 23, which is bit higher than where he's at in ADP, I think. I don't know about our consensus rankings, but whatever. I, think- I still think Miller sees like 13 to 15 touches a week, which I think he's still a fine floor. 
Yeah, it's just such a it's just such a man pick as we've talked about before. Sometimes you need one of those. Sometimes you need one of those. I guess it could depend on team construction, but I I'm interested to see what Duke Johnson does in this offense. And yeah, it's just it's put Kiki Cutie in a range where he's like in my wide receiver fifty type range. Pushed him. Yeah, re, I mean, not to mention the fact that he, again he's also hurt. I don't think it doesn't. It, he didn't tear his ACL or anything like that, but he's, he's hurt. Still again. a young player who needs reps to needs like continue reps. to. Ascend. And it's a crowded, as we've talked about before. It's kind of a crowded offense now, especially if you're going to add Duke Johnson into the mix. And like Duke Johnson is a good player. He's never he wants to be a featured back, but good luck with that. I, whether he can or not, I don't even think he'll get the chance here in Houston. But he will get the chance to be really exciting in the passing game. And this offense does need some more layup receivers because. Fuller and Hopkins are two of like they inspire higher degree of difficulty targets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Will Fuller because well he is a downfield, downfield threat, guy. and Hopkins works best along the sidelines and you know in contested situations. And because you trust him so much, you're going to throw him in some high degree of difficulty situations. That's why QT's emergence last year was so intriguing because he was that layup receiver guy. And there ain't a damn tight end that can stay healthy or be effective on this offense. So there's no. no. There, there is no check down safety valve here. So maybe it becomes Duke Johnson, and I, yeah, I think that is interesting. But God, God, third round pick to be active for ten games. Give me a break. Jamison Crowder has been a safety valve when healthy for many, many quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins loved him. I was really high on his ability to bounce back last year, and then he promptly got hurt. I am really trying not to lean into like a burnt take here. And follow the drumbeat, but you look at Sam Darnold clearly has a rapport with Crowder. That was evidenced in the beginning moments of the preseason game mm-hmm. that just happened over the weekend, or maybe that was on Thursday night. It was actually, I think, on Thursday night. It's all a blur. Did you see that bomb to Chris Herndon, by the way? Oh, I never felt so seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> woo, it was good. But, um, <laughs> but I don't know if I feel comfortable relying on Crowder because I mean, I, this is this is the, so. These are the decisions, right? Do you do you let go of recency bias and having been burned in the past, or do you say like, no, this person has earned that? Can I give you a take on why you shouldn't care about Jamison Crowder, even with without? I mean, I know I shouldn't care about him because he's there. Are, sure, tell me, Matt. So, also by the way, it is worth mentioning he was hurt earlier this off season. He Already, did, he did avoid disaster, but I think that's leading into the burnt thing. And I'm going to tell you just without the burnt part of it. Adam Gase runs some of the lowest, you know, play volumes in the NFL. They always play slow, these Gase offenses. Of course, maybe it was the fact that Ryan Tannehill was Ryan Tannehill, but even when he was in Chicago, they run they run slow. They don't run a lot of plays. I have them projected to run the fewest plays in the NFL. They want to be a run-heavy team based on the fact that they've paid big money to a running back, sort of, kind of. Maybe Gase was involved in that. But the point is, you have Le'Veon Bell, who's going to command a lot of target volume. A lot of short targets, too, by the way. I think that eats into Jamison Crowder. Quincy Inunua is kind of a short average depth of target guy. Robbie Anderson sticks out. I'm in on Robbie Anderson. Oh, they've also said that they're going to use him in a more diverse way. Diverse way, which I think he can handle, by the way. So that's good. But again, so you're probably on an optimistic way projecting Crowder for 80 90 targets <laughs> in, my, and, in my head I was like 83 yeah, but yeah 80 to 90 targets yeah and a short average depth of target player who's not going to score touchdowns you just just you, you can spend your late round picks better like on Ito Smith who's available around the same place is he even the number two back for sure in Atlanta? I mean, Brian Hill's out there in the, in the Hall of Fame game crushing it you know? well so you're taking in the 13th round that's where he's going 
Jordan Reed, you'd take Jordan Reed. Yes. There you go. I would take players. Uh, let me pull up third, third, third round. Thirteenth. Oh Greg Olson. Um, so here, so here, thirteenth round. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. I take uh, Traquan Smith. Bigger, better ceiling. Kenny Stills. These type of players, you know, I, I'm fine with that. And maybe even some like late round. Those those running back dart throws. Sure, I'd rather take them them there. I'd also rather structure my team to where I'm taking a quarterback in this range too, and not trying to take. You know, again, I just don't the the range of outcomes on a on a Jameson Crowder not great. Always comes down to possible range of outcomes. Drink. Let's talk about the NFC South. Okay, I've if got you want to f- drink, got feelings on all these teams. I'm sure this is your one in particular. This is your home division. Do you <laughs> want to start with the Panthers? You want to end with them, or you want to well, sandwich let's, them? Let's, Let's end with the Panthers. Okay. Let's start with Give the me Bucks. something to look forward to. All right. Or fear, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey. Let's talk about the Bucks then. Bucks. Uh, I feel like we've beat this team to death. Like, it, there's only three players, well, four if you count the quarterback, four players we should care about. They're all great at cost. Don't you forget that Spencer Schnell either. Oh, I'm forgetting it. <laughs> Couldn't if you had if you had asked me who was the Bucks guy that we talked about earlier in this podcast without me looking at the outline and, and I had to name him like gun to my head. Whoops, I'm in trouble. Can we can we do that, guys? Yeah, Before never mind. Start. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyways, I want to talk about Jameis Winston because that is a player we don't talk about. We've all we've all talked about Mike Evans and his possible range of outcomes. We've all talked about. But we agree on Chris Godwin's ability to break out. I am walking away from the Donald the Donald. The Ronald Jones. You walked away from the guy so far that you don't even know his name anymore. <laughs> um, so walk away and, and forget. OJ Howard, if you can. Bruce Anderson has some breakout appeal, but I'm not really ready to dig in all that because he's a rookie and I don't think that like BA is that into rookies. And we saw that with David Johnson, who didn't show up until uh, Thanksgiving. Talk to me in the, in, during the season. Yeah. Yeah, on that one. But Jameis Winston. So I am working on a, a all upside team article right now, and a banger. Spoiler: It's going to be. I have to do. So our our amazing boss, who was out here last week, Jason, we call him Chewy affectionately. He uh, wants me to do a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And it took me mm, half of a damn second to say Jameis Winston is my all upside QB. I know that we could talk about you know Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because of the rushing stuff, but you know how I feel about that. I feel like Jameis Winston is the perfect all-upside quarterback because he hasn't been able to show us all that he could be. He continues to make these boneheaded decisions and get chance after chance. But when I—here's the number one argument in favor of Jameis Winston. Where the hell's the damn defense? Vita Vea is now hurt, like— He's going to be out some like four to eight weeks or something. There, There is you've gotten Dominic and Sue and everyone's like, oh, well, he's a great run stopper. Cool. As a Rams fan, that dude did not show up until the postseason. Yeah. He was barely there. He's a mercenary. I think mercenary, that's what you call yes. him. The right? NFL's mercenary. To me, when you look at if when you take the ethos, the brand away from Jameis Winston and you just look at his circumstances, he is a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I agree. What's I, well, the problem? I have him at QB thirteen. That's I don't know where, where I actually have him. That's I'm just saying, but that's where he's at at eighty in ADP. Uh, and I think when you look at him too, like, yeah, his he, he's got a great ceiling. Like, I think he is he could lead the NFL in passing yards for sure because they're going to be throwing a ton. They have no running game. We're still here. We're still here t- tracking Peyton Barber's preseason stops because 
there's no point to life. Don't put your hands over your face. We can't hear you. There's no point to life. <laughs> Let me say that again. One more time. One more time. Uh, we're still tracking Peyton Barber preseason <laughs> snaps. Gross. Like, there's no running game here to speak of. There's no defense, as you mentioned. They're going to be throwing a ton, and they've got great weapons. They've got three great weapons, and that's it. And that's more than enough to drag Jameis Winston along to a great fantasy finish. I think he's got season-long upside. I think he's got weekly upside. I think you crushed it with your QB pick there. And I'm sure Jason was super hyped about your efficiency in the matter. QB 11. That's where I have him ranked. Not backing away from it. Boom. I have him in, I'm in the tier with the same as guys like Matt Ryan. Cam Newton, Kyler Murray. Hey, Matt Ryan's a great segue. It's almost like you're professional at this because let's I'm talk not, about the Falcons. No, you, you are. I'm just here. I'm along for the ride. Now I ruined it. <laughs> See? <laughs> what, what did I say? what you do, Matt. What did I say? Um, Brian Hill, you talked about him too. Yeah, I did take him with one of my last— Oh, you took him someplace. Now this I'm interested with, in. Tell me. With one of my last picks in the Apex draft, uh, which is with a bunch of other— uh, goofball writers in the industry. Uh, it's a tough. It's an excruciating draft. It's one of the worst and hardest every year because I'm not. I'm not cool enough to be in it. There, there. You, there's a lot of flex spots. Like people are thirsty as hell for wide receivers. So you're like, oh god, I guess I feel pretty good about taking John Brown in the eighth round, which you know I feel good about. But right. this is the. That's just the way the draft is. It's one of those drafts that you, as a casual player, should never like look at and be like, oh really exciting that like oh, like I'm going to follow this draft board for my home draft. No, you shouldn't. You should never do that because like Baker Mayfield, I took him in the 11th round and like people are taking receivers super, super early. But you can at least look at it and see like, oh, my favorite analyst like is high on this player. Interesting. Like uh, take note of that. Ew. Well, I, I think that's but it's it's like people ask us, what's the utility of mock drafts? I think you're looking at like you're looking at like analysts you like. Like Liz, if people trust you, then it's like, oh, cool. Like I think like like Liz took this player really high. That's an interesting note, but you shouldn't be looking at it like, all right, now I'm going to follow a structure like this for my home draft because it just doesn't go that way. Like our, our stupid analyst drafts are never reflective of reality for most drafts out there. What the hell were we talking about? Brian Hill? Oh, yeah. So I drafted him super late there because I think there's a chance he's the number two back over Ito Smith. And while Ito Smith is like drafted in fantasy leagues, Brian Hill's not. Brian Hill's having an okay preseason. Let's fly. As Falcons do. Yeah. Rise up, as they say. <laughs> Otherwise, this is another <laughs> offense where, like, I think there's... <laughs> I just adored you for a second. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> uh, you know, as they say. Um, I think this is another <laughs> offense where there's, like, a lot of uh, defensive question marks. And there's a lot of intriguing for players. Sure. A lot of intriguing players. Like... Are any of their edge rushers ever going to develop? Vic Beasley, Beasley is still Tack uh, McKinley. I really thought Vic, Vic Beasley was going to do it, and they had that. Do they still have Adrian Claiborne? Right? Didn't didn't they? Well, have, he had I, I did, he had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. I think last year, right? I just remember that game. He blew up uh, um, the the oh left my God, guard. That poor, that was no, that poor Dallas. son of a bitch who had to play uh, left tackle, tackle like Tyron Smith gets taken <laughs> yep. out. I think it was Chaz Green. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I remember writing a piece about that. Adrian Claiborne. I think he may, she might be bad with the Bucks. Is he? No, he's back with the Falcons. Okay. I thought he, would, he came home. He boomeranged his, he boomeranged, himself. Yep. Yeah, okay. He boomeranged himself. But he's still... Um, and nine and a half sacks with the Falcons in 2017. <laughs> like, what is six of them coming that, that one game? game? <laughs> Give me a break. Anyways, Falcons defense has a lot of question marks. There's a lot of players we're all in on in this offense. Are, are you drafting Calvin Ridley at cost? Yeah. Where do you have him ranked? 
I was just looking at Austin Hooper stats. That's why, because he is a player that I think came to his numbers in a very weird and not probably repeatable way last year, but yet he continues to to be drafted quite high. Um, but since you're asking about Calvin Ridley, uh, I have him at wide receiver 22. I'm at 21, tier four, along with guys like Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Okay. I am, I'm high on Mike Williams. I have him between Mike Williams and uh, Tyler Boyd. Have fun with that. Did you see that? Did you watch that preseason game? I even tweet, quote tweeted with a little heart. He looks so good. He's got exciting attributes, for sure. I'm at wide receiver 30. We're definitely separate. But we are on the same page as Calvin Ridley, and I have to imagine that that is partially because um, I have been, uh, I have absorbed all of your love for him, and I do appreciate your take on him having earned a bigger role, even if there is a touchdown regression this year. Last week, Brad and I were talking about um, some of the player videos that we had to do, and, you know, you were looking for players to pick, and, and Brad and I were like, oh, yeah, we're picking players we've been talking about all summer because, like, we're just bums, and, and you are like, I like, your exact quote was, I like to challenge myself, but, like, Calvin Ridley, I've had that take, like, locked in since week 17 when I said it when we were at our uh, infamous Mimosa brunch. brunch. I said, I think fantasy weenies, and I'm pretty much locked the take in there, and I haven't given it up, which is nice to have some of those in your back pocket every I still now and remember, again. I'm still surprised that... I was shooting tequila and you were drinking boba mimosas. I, I took the tequila shots too. Believe me, the fact that I don't even – uh, there's a week 17 game that happened between the Colts and Titans <laughs> Sunday night. I didn't see a second of it. That was fine. You're a pro. I'm weak. Shall we um, move to the Saints? The Saints who buy the – I mean, have you heard about this lawsuit? That yeah. this, this lawyer yeah, in mean, New Orleans is like filing this lawsuit about um, the unfair – call against I, the Rams and the whole thing. I, I, can't, I can't with these people. How, do, how are there human beings like this that exist on planet Earth? <laughs> how are you so bored? What? Does, how do you, what is your bandwidth like? Because let me tell you, my day starts at like 6.30 and doesn't usually end until like 1 a.m. And I am grinding all of that time. There is no space in which I'm like, you know what? I just have like a good couple hours to go. She can go, she can go down to the clerk's office and file yeah. some paperwork. I'm going to Google like legal loopholes about the NFL. What in what space of time? Is this, please tell me this. I want, I want a picture of this guy so I can be like, you're not thirst trapping on Thursdays. Like something has to be available for you to like have this. Does he have assistance? Like, oh man, I, I could crush it with assistance. Assistance would be nice, huh? Um, I think that, like, you— I mean, a damn research staff would be (laughs) over the moon. No comment. Uh, I think that, like, if—what are you—yeah, what come back to reality here. I do like that—I think the NFL—one of the NFL's reasoning, you know, for, like, this not—like, should not be allowed is, like, hey, everybody's going to do this now. Like, please don't— We are upset about burnt takes? This whole—everything is just going to be one giant burnt take. And it puts the Saints in such a bad spot, too. No, it doesn't, because they're crybabies. Oh! I'm going to get added big time now. Like, Sean Payton threw such a hissy fit that they changed the rules for him. It doesn't put them in that bad of a spot. Also, like, hey, Drew Brees, maybe you don't throw an interception. Like, yep. No one wants to talk about that. No. We talked about it in an article. We both had independent articles, and we talked about it, like, in, I don't know, February. And people were still—the comment section was like— I made the mistake of actually reading him that day. Anyway, from a fantasy point of view, let's talk about Latavius Murray. Because I was re-ranking— 
uh, I went after this first week of preseason action, I went back and adjusted my rankings and I, I had to move Latavius Murray up. I had been notoriously high on him, which isn't fair. I think it's just I fell victim to the recency bias that I want to rail against. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that like they were kind of they like obviously Drew Brees not playing in the preseason, but they had the starters out there. Uh, I think 15 snaps for the starters and Kamara had 10 and Latavius got five. And that's about the split that you'd think. Like, no, I still have I still have Kamara at, at 1.01 and I'm not going to move off that take because I think he has explosive touchdown upside, 90 catch ups. I moved him up. To what? One. You spent spending too much time with me. I did it. I'm the only one, but I couldn't. I, I just, I can't, I can't put Barkley in my number one. Nope. And I had Zeke at number one forever. It was one, two, Zeke Kamara. <laughs> That's what I was doing. But then I just kept thinking about whatever that old guy who s- plays in the band. Jason Witten? No, in Cabo. That that band that we talked oh, about Sammy last Hager. week. Oh, Sammy Hager. I yeah. tried to erase a lot of those <laughs> from my brain. Although I did go through a Guns N' Roses phase recently. Oh, That's yeah. like an old person's I band. moderately um, old. Two pods in a row, guys. <laughs> Just referencing You're bands. You're the one who sent us this Americans video, and I was like, I watched it three times, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. What does this have anything to do with this? And then I remembered it was the song. But I think, anyway, I think so. <laughs> I think one of the best tweets of the weekend uh, when I did tune into Twitter, which was not often, uh, because I'm kind of over Twitter. Today, Matt. Today. Today, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over this whole thing. But the one of the best tweets of the weekend was about Saquon Barkley. Was um, I think Davis Maddock quote tweeted one of the like training camp highlights of like Eli dropping a dropping a pass oh, in the yeah, bucket yeah. of Saquon. He said, and the Giants close the gap to twenty one as time expires to just you know relay. Yeah, this yeah. is just you know running backs don't matter. Whatever. Thought that that made me laugh. I just think about all of those stack boxes, and I know Brad Brad's thought was like, yeah, but what about last year? Well, OBJ was there, and like you're not going to have Sterling Shepard can't stay healthy. You're not going to have Corey Coleman. Are, are Cody Latimer truthers still a thing? I guess we're going to find out. Didn't he throw, he caught the touchdown from uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. So now it's live. It's lit. Yeah, it's lit. Um, (laughs) um, uh, I think when you look at Latavius Murray, which is how we got on this subject, I think he's a fine seventh round pick. RB 29. Yeah, he's, he's fine. It's fine. He's gonna he's a good best ball pick because he's gonna have like big ass weeks. And he does he does have pretty sick upside if Camaro was to ever get hurt. Obviously. Original take from me there. Cool. <laughs> um <laughs> just roasted my own take. Oh my god. What am I doing? And anything else with the Saints. Jared Cook. Jared Cook's been looking good. He's I mean, I cooking. kind of talk about oh. I'm sorry I talked over that hot take. <laughs> it's like you were in the kitchen with that one. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, Jared Cook, though, yeah. I mean, hey, let's chop it up. Let's <laughs> chop it up Guys, on Jared Cook. Guys, can we Cook. please put a fork in this segment? Oh! <laughs> well, if anyone's still listening to the podcast, I think Jared Cook is like tight end eight. He's in the eighth, available in the eighth round. Sure. Yeah. If, you, if, that's the where, if that's where you want to go. Do you like Jared Cook or Vance McDonald better? I think we talked about this last podcast. One of those we've been videos. Done, we've done a lot of stuff. Um, I think I would take. I think I, I, I posed this exact question to Brad. Jared Cook. If I pose this exact question to Brad and you listen to both episodes, let me know because I just had a, a moment of like I think my brain is eroding. It's only August, friend. It's only August. We got a long way we to go. We got a whole couple months to go. I need. All it. right, let's get to your Panthers. We both agree that Latavius Murray is a great 
is a if, fine in your RB30 range. Um, Jared Cook, if you want to do something in the eighth round, it's a fine, at tight end, it's a fine place to do it. I don't care about anyone else in the passing game. Okay. That's not Michael Thomas, obviously. Panthers. I think I've said this a number of times. I believe this offense is the most stocked that it's ever been of the Cam Newton era. Rinse, repeat on that take. And look, <laughs> it's hard not to be. I'm excited about, I think, every single player at cost in this Panthers uh, offense. I'm excited about Cam Newton at QB, whatever the hell he's going at. I'm excited about DJ Moore enough in his draft range, even though he's obviously more expensive than his teammate Curtis Samuel, who, by the way, like, welcome to the rest of na- the national media catching up on the Curtis Samuel is going to break out train. Been here since uh, frickin' May. Where y'all been? I see Albert Albert Breer's out there tweeting like Curtis Sam was going to have a breakout season. So it's out there now. There's no medals. You did it first, Matt. You did it first. And no one cares. No one cares about that. It's just. No, I'm, that's not point, true. You have once said point, to me, as long as you're the loudest. And you have been. Exactly. No one cares who's first. Because I promise you there's going to. And actually, because I've had that people do this before, too. Like people have tweeted like. So glad Matt Harmon let me know about Curtis Samuel early so I could let him, like, I could get him out of the best ball draft. And then people were responding to that and be like, yeah, well, this guy told me that he was going to be good in college. And it's like, no one cares who was first. We care who's the loudest. I'll always be the loudest. And you have been. And that is our NFC South preview. Does that work for everybody? For an NFC South preview? Sure. Panthers are going to win this division. QB 10, Cam I'm in, Newton. I'm in on the Panthers. Huge value on Cam Newton. Yeah. Do we have any voicemails today, Brett? We have a, we have a question from a very shook commish. Oh, God, a commish. Hey guys, as the commissioner of a longtime keeper league, I find it increasingly difficult to schedule a time for a live draft that accommodates everyone's schedules. I keep having people ask me to draft for them because they can't make it. Should I just be cool about it and do it and have my own personal draft suffer as a byproduct, or should I stand firm and tell them if they can't make it to the live draft, they're not in the league this year, period. Thanks for your advice, guys. Keep up the great work. Oh. I, I got thoughts. I like this I question. Got, I got Are you sure? Because I, I, I got a thought, too. Okay. But you may. You may, you I, may I'm going to go first. There's a middle ground here. There isn't a, like, you don't get to be in the league if you don't show up on that day. There is, which we do in my home leagues, not my pro leagues. If you're in a league with Brad Evans, you better be, like, at his door in Denver drinking tequila. <laughs> but... There is a world in which the majority of members of the league, more than half, agree on a day and a time. And if you cannot make that, two things. You auto-draft. Suck it, you auto-draft. Or there's this amazing thing called an app but- that goes on your phone. I have drafted from an airport. I've drafted from the Laney's room. I have drafted on a hike. But- you just draft. But the point the point is here, he wants... They, he wants to have a live draft. People want yeah, to have can a live draft. Oh, you mean in the house? Yeah, like a live in-person draft. I mean, do you need all that? Well, I'm under the impression that this is a live in-person stickers and all that shit on, on the, the wall. wall. Okay. So I've also been a part of those. I got kicked out of the league because I wanted too many years. But the... the Humble brag, but okay. <laughs> the solution for that in this league, so there's a test case, and this league has been going on for many, many years, and people are very happy, enthusiastic about it is if you cannot make it, then you ask a proxy, not the league commish, to draft for you. And you you have to give them your rankings. And if your rankings are Matt Harmon's or Liz Loza's, then you specify, I want to go by this analyst's rankings. I think that's fair. My initial, maybe this was aggressive, my initial thought was, yeah, kick their ass out of the league if they can't make the live draft. If you can, okay, if you can set up 
if it's a 12-person league. Probably. And eight people can make the live draft. Two people are like, sure, maybe. And then you got two rats who just can't agree to you the know time. what these people's lives are like. Okay. Then, yes, sure. Set up this contingency system. And if they can't agree to the contingency system, kick them out. I would say that's fair. You offer them a solution and a compromise. And if they are all or nothing, you don't need that kind of nonsense in your life. Yeah, exactly. So because, again, if everyone else can make it and you can't, then I think you shouldn't be so selfish and inconvenience everyone else and, like, move the entire live draft. No, like, if that's the situation, yeah, give rankings or whatever. If you care that much about fantasy, you got enough time to get, get and write some down on paper. And you're going to miss it. What, what kind of food is this guy serving? Because, like... I don't know if you have wings and some beer, I'll probably be there. If I can eat free chicken, fa- any, by the way, if any of you want me to come to your house, just say that there are some free chicken wings or chicken tenders. I'll probably show up. Maybe a Bloody Mary too. And I'll show I'm up. sure you want to put that out there in the universe? Maybe probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I'm happy to try. Oh, wouldn't that be a great segment? Hey, bosses, Liz Loza in a caravan going to people's houses and eating their processed junk food. And then let's make sure there's a Peloton in that in that little caravan. No? Okay. L- Liz Loza versus food. <laughs> food, I'm not going to win. <laughs> I'm not going to win. I couldn't even finish the freaking chicken fingers at a, what was that place you like? Backstage. Yeah. Backstage. Anyway, if you have a question and you also are a shook commish or somebody else with any sort of question, you can hit us up on our voicemail line, 888-85-YAHOO. I'm not going to spell it this week. 888-85-YAHOO. We'll be back later in the week with a special guest. Oh, that's news. Okay, great. Matt, <laughs> um, go ahead and promo that pot of yours. That's sexy, sexy pod. Rookie orientation. We got the hot ass Drew Lock episode out right now. Uh, Liz Loza and Adam Rank kind of tag team the defense of one Drew Lock, and uh, Ted Wynn and Joe Goodberry come in with the other side of the equation. One more harsh than the other. Uh, and Adam Rank and I like rainbows. Who doesn't like a good rainbow? I know. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF on Twitter and Instagram. Same for at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We out.